What's going on, world? Jack of all spades, CLT. Back like the walking dead. Shout out Jay Marlowe behind the scenes, cameraman extraordinaire. Already. I am the beloved one, DJ Spellman. To my left, we have the pride of Africa, Ken Wabibi. It's the pride of Africa, Ken Wabibi. Shout out to Somalia. Shout out to Somalia. One time, one time. Mm-hmm. To my right, Banks on the Beat. Yes, sir. Banks on the Beat, Blue Water Banks, Fat Boy Tires, Auto Repair. 3700. Wilkinson Boulevard, The Hub, Charlotte. Already know. And today, our special guest is Mr. Jeffrey El Jefe Lockhart. What's going on, sir? What's going on with y'all, man? I appreciate y'all for having me here. No doubt, man. We appreciate you making time for us. Yes, sir. Likewise, man. For sure, for sure, man. Uh, We start off every episode by giving our guests their flowers, man. And, uh, you know, your championship banner, man. We're going to get it started. Uh, Mallet Creek graduate. Yes. Uh, North Carolina A&T graduate. Mm -hmm. Podcaster, free breakfast. Mm -hmm. Leader. Business entrepreneur, social media manager at Social Status, mm-hmm. co-founder and designer at Clean Slate USA, twelve thirty four agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, got to say, had an interview with Sheriff Gary McFadden at a critical time. At that, yes. Uh, also, Free Breakfast podcast was featured on QC Nerve, and Shout out to them. yeah, for sure. Shout out QC Nerve, and uh, for sure, you had. You were called Young King from Samir of Family Matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out Samir, man. That's the big homie for real. He's been putting it down for a long time. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your journey and all these accolades here. Oh, man. Uh, well, I'm not at social status no more, so I guess okay. I got I to gotta, uh, say that's a, I'm a former social media manager there. Uh, but as of right now, it's just full, full-blown clean slate, 1234 free breakfast. So okay. it's been a long journey, man. I kind of... You know, got started just not really knowing what I wanted to do. I just went to college because I thought that's what I had to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really wasn't even like a choice. It was like, <laughs> all right, I'm about to apply from, for some schools. I don't really know what I'm about to do. I went to A&T, um, found journalism. First, I was a business major. Okay. It's too much math. Uh, <laughs> kind of got up out of there. Math, not my thing. If we talking numbers as far as like, you know, Money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, Profits, right. returns, all of that stuff. I'm with that. Right. But when you start plucking letters and triangles, and that's just not my game. So next time, why? <laughs> <laughs> I got out of the business minute and found journalism. And and when I found journalism, that's when I kind of started finding my way. Started the clean slate as a blog, and it's kind of just grown from there. You know, me and my me and my two partners. It's me. My partner John and my boy Paulie. So um we me and John went to ANT and Paul went to UNCG. So we kind of got bored with writing and we wanted to take the clean slate in a different direction. And that's when I started designing. I got Photoshop from a lady named Miss Amy. And that shit like just changed everything. And as soon as I started designing, People were really just rocking. But I think, like, my design background kind of relates to my blogging background a little bit. Okay. I don't want to tell the whole story. You know, I, just, <laughs> I don't want to try to get y'all questions. In, so. intro. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just, a, I'm just a creative entrepreneur. You know, I'm 26. And, you know, so far so good. You know, it's a lot of ups and downs. But, you know, I remain consistent. 
And I stay down with my partners, Paulie and John. Shout out to them. And we figure it out every day. Mm. Solid, solid. So what are your thoughts on Virgil Abloh quote, street world is an art movement. It's a way of making things. What do you think about that? It is. I, I, I love Virgil. I feel like Virgil kind of turned his back on Streetwear, but I feel oh. like <laughs> I feel like he's saying that, like, you know, Streetwear. Can I curse on here? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I Please, feel like 100%. basically he's saying, like, you know, Streetwear is the art of turning sugar, like, shit to sugar. Mm. You know what I mean? I think that's what that statement says to me. Can you say that one more yeah, time? Yeah, Streetwear is an art movement. It's a way of making things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's you. It's unapologetic. Nobody could tell you if I wanted to put anything on a shirt. Nobody could really tell me. Somebody could not like it, but it's like art. That's my art. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's my expression. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like even this shirt I'm wearing it has a million meanings that I could probably explain. That that this flip means to me. It's art. It's my expression. Um, that's what it means to me. It's a free expression. You know, we made nothing and turned it into something. And I feel like Virgil comes from that. That's a that's a big conversation too, but you know, I feel <laughs> like he kind of turned his back on Streetwear. I feel what you're saying. <laughs> Shout out to Virgil though. I love you, bro. And now, now speaking of Virgil, you put him on your first issue of Clean the Clean Slate magazine. Mm-hmm. Um he liked the post, but other brands associate with you you also associate with other brands as well too, like mm-hmm. Joel Santana. Chris Paul, mm-hmm. YG, Big Sean, Dom Kennedy, and the uh, and Ben Hundreds as mm-hmm. well. All right, so explain to the listeners the feeling that you got when you see some of these major names from the culture supporting your movement. And then how did it feel to get your shirt design picked up by a store in France? Mm-hmm. Man, it's, it's interesting. It always gives me a weird feeling in my gut when I see celebs wearing uh, the gear, especially when I see it live. Like if I go to a concert and give an artist something and they happen to put it on and come out in it, like that's the best feeling in the world. Absolutely. Can you tell me the second half of that question again? Yeah, so you had one of your designs got picked up by a clothing store in Paris. Matter of fact, yeah, I said France, but let me let me make it clear. In Paris. Yeah, we know fashion about fashion in Paris. Come on now. <laughs> That's an interesting story, too. Um, Shout out to my man, Seb, Sebastian. He was a buyer for Colette. And Colette was, like, about to uh, close down. I don't think the public knew that at the time. I didn't know that at the time. But I wanted to get this particular design of ours in Colette. So... I shot Seb a DM in Instagram, and he was like, hell yeah, Like I love this graphic. Let's see what we can do. And um, I remember he put me on like an email with Sarah from Colette. He CC'd her on there, and she ended up following us on Instagram, and she likes posts here and there. So I I, I don't know. Maybe our stuff could have been in Colette, you know, maybe if it hadn't closed. But Seb ended up moving on once Colette closed and opened his own store which was called New. He's he's no longer a partner at New now. But it was called New Paris. And, man, he just took our relationship from the Colette situation and asked me if I wanted to get an account in his store. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was a no-brainer. And um, his store was actually like the, the It Streetwear place, like right after Colette. But, you know, I'm not too sure what happened with the store. I think, you know, a couple partners left or it was some disagreements or whatever. So 
you know, the relationship with the store kind of diminished, but I still have a relationship with Seb. Yeah. That was a crazy feeling, though. It was during Pat Paris Fashion Week, and I remember yeah. my boss at the time had went out there with a few of my coworkers, and I remember a few of my coworkers hitting me or, like, sending me Snapchats of, like, the actual shirt in the store. It was a crazy feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's tight. Um, now, your first opportunity was with Diamond Supply Company. Mm-hmm. Out of all the streetwear brands doing big things uh, at the time, why did you decide to go with them? Well, that's that's I got a lot of different answers for that question. <laughs> um, well, Diamond Supply is what started the whole me being in the streetwear. Like I've always been mm-hmm. in the clothing, like via my older brothers or my mom. You know, she always dressed me well when I was uh, when I was little, but. What really got me into things was when I probably started turning around 14, 15. Like high school, you know, you start really finding out who you are. You know, I'm up on the underground music, which at at that time, like, I feel like nothing's really underground no more. Like everything's mainstream Mm -hmm. from from clothing to music. But I was listening to like Currency, Wale, Wiz, you know, that era. You know what I'm saying? Stally. Uh, and big up the homie. Lot, a lot of people. Yeah, Stally's my good <laughs> homie, man. Shout out to him. A uh, lot of people, though. That whole little underground scene, and I kind of started to find the style. And um, Diamond Supply was the brand that got me into all of this shit. So I used to go to Agenda Trade Shows when I was interning for Mass Appeal in New York. Like, they would just send me there. I don't think I had a purpose. They would just send me there. And... um. So I would collect all these cars from the diamond supply table. Anybody, any salesperson who had a card at the diamond supply table, I would collect it. And sometimes I would talk to the people at the diamond supply table. Not really knowing what my intentions was of taking those cars, but I was just a curious young guy. And I was just telling my partner that the other day. I remember those days of us like finessing situations to get things done. But I was just curious and... One, it was around March, my fourth year of college. It took me five years to graduate. And I started going crazy on LinkedIn. And you can look up any company on LinkedIn and find out everybody who works for them as long as they're on LinkedIn. So I hit all of those emails. Nobody hit me back. I hit LinkedIn. I started seeing people. At this point, I knew your name. Your email is your first name at diamondsupplycode.com. <laughs> so I was just cold emailing people. And a guy by the name of Brett Page. Shout out to Brett Page. Shout out. Brett Page was the Diamond Supply creative director. He was Nick's oh. right-hand man at that time. And he was pretty much the guy that... Nick put the design, he he put design into his hands because a lot of people don't know, Nicky Diamonds was designing all of Diamond Supply up until maybe, maybe like 2012. And um, so he was the creative director and he was the one person to hit me back. I feel like he probably had the best seat in the house and he was right, the one person right. to hit me back. So, man, he was like, if you can come out here, I'll let you intern for me. So I said, cool. I kind of went on the spill where I was like, yo, fuck college. I'm like, this shit with Diamond Supply. And I, I, that's the mindset I went to LA with. I had an accident in one of my cars, so I had a, a good little piece of bread saved. 
So I remember I bought a plane ticket. I put the rest of the money up for California. And this was around. I'm lying. I'm lying. I got to go back. I took a spring break trip out there. Okay. Me and Paul. And that's when I knew that L.A., it was almost like you going somewhere, you know what I'm saying? You might you might be trying to sell some dope there or something. You'd be like, oh, yeah, this is it. I can, I can kill this <laughs> yeah, shit <yeah>. out here. <laughs> and that's how I felt. So once I got back from L.A. on that spring break trip, that's when I started doing my LinkedIn thing. That's when I got in touch with Brett. Brett told me if I could come out to L.A., I could intern for him. Bought the plane ticket, waited for the semester to be over. Left with the mindset of, yo, fuck school. I done did four years. I can't do another full year. I, I can't do it. I'm about to go chase this diamond supply shit. So I went out there, and that shit changed my life. The first thing that Brett asked me to do was park his car. Once he asked me to park his car, I was like, oh, okay, boom. I guess I'm here. And then from there, man, everything just went crazy. It was like. I'm from Charlotte, so I just be feeling like those opportunities don't exist over here. So I took full-fledged of that opportunity. I took every opportunity I could get. I was in every department talking to people. I think Brett didn't really like that. But I was always supposed to be in the design department, and I would spend maybe 60 70% of my time in the design department, but I'd be everywhere. I'd be in the sales department talking to this person. Marketing department talking to this person because I was trying to get a gist of the whole business. Right. I didn't know that at the time, but unconsciously that's what I was doing because I still had the clean slate. But when I first got there, I said that and they told me to put my brand in my back pocket and don't mention it. I understood that when they told me that. So I ain't mentioning it. So unconsciously I'm collecting game to bring back to my own shit. hundred percent. Um, man, I kind of learned how to run the business there. Diamond supply was very corporate at the time. And I think it took a while for Nick to get there because it was a loose operation up until about 2012 when he started hiring a lot more people. So I got to see a, a real business. And I feel like Diamond Supply is really one of those last streetwear brands that's really, like, doing good. That era of streetwear kind of died. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah. But Nicky, he found a way to to sustain and, and maintain, and I, I salute that. But I learned everything at Diamond Supply. Diamond Supply completely changed my life. I couldn't get a job over here before I went over there or nothing. I came back. I was able to get jobs. I was running the social status as an assistant manager in Greensboro while I was in school. That was another reason I was saying fuck school because I couldn't get no money in college. I couldn't get hired by your grocery store. I couldn't get hired by anybody. I was just up in Greensboro really just... If it wasn't a clean slate T-shirt, like, if it wasn't for the clean slate, I don't know how I would have got through college. So I just got kind of got tired of with not having no bread. That was another factor that kind of went into, like, yo, four years, I can't do another full year. I really got to get out here and go find some bread. I ended up coming back to finish school. And um, I did that because I had a few talks with a few different people. And, um, you know, I kind of weighed my options and I knew I would be able to get some money over here now. So I kind of started setting stuff up at Diamond Supply before I came back. Because if I couldn't set nothing back up, I don't know if I would have came back and got my degree. My degree, I said that was the factor why I came back. 
But I don't know if that was really why I came back. I came back because I was able to get two jobs. I called my printers, who I used to print the clean slate stuff with. They said they give me a job to print my own stuff. So on top of that, I go back to school. I'm working that job. I'm making great money at that job. And I'm getting to print my own stuff. I can finally get a job at social status. Social status never fucking hire me. <laughs> and I used to tell them that all the time. I used to tell James that all the time. Like, y'all would never hire me. But when I came back with that diamond supply on my resume, that manager <laughs> looked at my resume and said it was a no bigger. And I got in there. I was a sales associate, worked my way up to assistant manager. And, yeah, that's diamond supply kind of changed it all. Uh, not only did they get me started in streetwear, but they taught me the game, man. You know, I I wasn't that tight with Nicky Diamonds, but, um, you know, just seeing him from a distance or being able to have the brief conversations that I had with him were just inspirational or shit. Just sometimes stepping out of that office as, like, that young kid, you know, you see a nigga rolling up in a wraith off streetwear or whatever, whatever car he might, he might drive a Chevelle one day. He might drive his Wraith one day, his right. old school Bronco one day, whatever. And it's like, damn, like nothing else. Like Nick's not really invested in nothing else, but streetwear. He did all of that off clothing. So that was just inspirational to see firsthand. And they let me work retail there too. No, no intern is supposed to be able to work in the store as well. But I don't know if they just kind of understood my situation or what, but they allowed me to work retail to get paid and they allowed me to intern at the office. So like they kind of just took me in for real and, and, and turned the whole spectrum around for me. Yeah. That's a lot of responsibility to give somebody, especially coming off intern, like you said. So mm -hmm. yeah, that shows they had a lot of respect for you and you was doing what you were supposed to do. Obviously I was trying, man. I, I was really trying and, I was just taking full advantage of it because, like I said, I'm from Charlotte. Like, you know, just thinking about where I grew up or, you know, what I had to go through or what I seen my older brothers going through. You know, like, damn, man, I, I, I couldn't believe I was there most days. Mm -hmm. Not too many I, opportunities. I, right. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So For a bigger purpose crazy, like that. crazy, man. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your best experience or your most memorable, ex mem most memorable experience in working at Diamond? Mm. I'll say when they when they published a design of mine. Mm. Okay. That was crazy. I and I didn't I didn't get paid for it, of course, but I didn't need no payment or, or anything. I remember when it got printed, it's like a year afterward, and I went back out to Diamond Supply and I got a very tight relationship with the uh with the manager of the retail store, Reggie. And I remember uh I went there and I told him, I was like, I designed this shirt. He was like, You did? He gave me all of them off the rack. I got a bag. I got like, I got like five, the last five or six that was in the store, just in my crib. I think that's like my biggest accomplishment ever, for real. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So streetwear is a beautiful combination of art, hip hop, and underground culture. It's all subcultures at that. Mm -hmm. Are there other places where you draw your inspiration from? Um. My inspiration comes from every. My inspiration comes from like living. You know what I mean. Um, I have to live a certain way to be inspired. So it's about everything, like how I'm living. I'm actually becoming more in tune with like 
mind, body, and soul. So it's about me working out as my inspiration or, like, the mindset that I'm in at that point and working out as my inspiration or, you know what I'm saying, the, the type of music I'm taking in or, you know, the movies that I'm watching or what I'm reading. Oh, man, that's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. Uh, whatever I'm reading at that time is always my huge inspiration. So holistic approach now. Right. <laughs> so now one of your um, pieces, it got you a cease and desist letter. <laughs> so to our listeners, can you explain what that means and how was that meeting, meeting with MJ himself? Um, so the actual uh, cease and desist process is basically when a company sends you a letter and you have to, I got to back up, sorry. <laughs> All right, so basically when you take a design and you alter it, mm-hmm. Enough for it to be different, but it still has that DNA in it. You can get a cease and desist from that company whose logo you might have ripped or bit or whatever. And they'll send you a letter telling you to stop selling it. But that's all that's all they can do is tell you to stop selling it. Now, if you continue to sell it, they can take uh, more matters into their hands. But as long as you stop selling it, that's all they can do. So. In streetwear, we look at it as like a celebration. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, damn, like they seen us, you know what I mean? Like, I I bet you a million people probably bite Nike stuff, you know what I'm saying? But the fact that ours made a lot of noise to get seen and, you know, for us to get that letter, man, we were super excited. Then my man, Clean, he actually got hired at Nike like a couple months later, so, you know. I got hard. a purpose. That that letter was from Nike and Jordan. I, I didn't purpose it, but that right. letter was from Nike and Jordan. Right. <laughs> okay, so we're going on to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was in the story. I was like, yo, hold on. Oh, no, nah, I thought uh, what BB asked, too. Um, oh, yeah. You actually had the meeting with uh, Michael MJ, Jordan himself. Oh, no, I ain't have a meeting with oh, Michael Jordan. Yeah. I could tell that story, too, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was in the presence. Everybody got different, right. <laughs> People got print stories, and they got Michael Jordan stories. You know what I'm saying? My Michael Jordan story is from All-Star Weekend. Mm. He walked, he came in the store. Um, He came in the social status, and I'm the social media manager at the time, so. Man, I. Not the I don't want to sound blasphemous, but it's almost like some godlike shit. Like, you know what I mean? He walked in. It's not like he's glowing or no shit, but it's like, damn, his presence is felt. And uh I remember having to unconsciously just catch the moment on the social status Instagram story while still being psyched out in my mind that Jordan actually came in. You know, they say like Jordan don't really fuck with people or anything. So for him to step in there. And really salute James. And and let me say this too, man. James is a man's man. James Whitner, man. Shout out to James Whitner. Shout out, G. He's a man's man. But, man, I swear, he had, like, he was reminiscent of, like, a, a kid. He was so happy, man. I, I remember his face that day. I told him, I said, big homie, I'm proud of you. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never seen that look on your face before. But it's like Jordan came and gave him the salute. Um, I ain't get to talk to Jordan, of course. They they were kind of acting weird about him, you know what I mean? But yeah, they should. He spoke. <laughs> he spoke to J and J only, and uh, he stayed in there for a few minutes. I got a, a couple pictures that I put up on the social status Instagram story, and that was it, man. That's that's my Michael Jordan moment right there. Okay. Ha- haven't never met with him though before. 
still to be in the presence like yeah. that. I leave yeah. with inspiration <laughs> off just seeing that. Like, like, I you went home, home and designed something after that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I can know what I did, man. For sure. Uh, now, you have a particular set of skills, sir. Uh, we need you to break down your use of creativity you use for social status, uh, the clean slate, as well as 1234 agency. Okay, so I do a little bit of everything. So primarily, I'm the designer for anything graphically that comes out of 1234, the clean slate. Um, as social status, when I was there as social status, I call it the Whitaker Group because I was doing three stores, um, social media accounts, APB, social status, and I'm I'm in year. Okay. When I was there, I was doing my every day of controlling the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook accounts. And um, that was actually, I remember everybody had, everybody there used to say, or at least even James, you know what I'm saying? He would not really see the value in a social media person. And I will always fight for the uh, the matter that, yo, this is a job. Or he'd be like, well, why can't the photographers post up what they're shooting? And I'd be like, really? The photographers need to focus on being photographers. That's what I tell clients with 1234 now, whether it's a video or anything. Like, I'll tell my boy Fetty P, like, yo, Fetty P, we need you to rap. We gonna take care of everything else, so... Um, with that, they didn't kind of see the need for a social media person. So I kind of had to prove the value of that. And, um, it's still a position there today. And, um, I'm happy to say that I was the first person in that seat, but with clean slate and 1234, those are my businesses. So I, those kind of give me leeway to do a little bit of it all, do a little bit of directing videos, producing videos, designing, marketing, and pretty much anything you need, man, we like a, a one-stop shop, you know. If you need anything marketed, whether it be a product, company, restaurant, you can call 1234. Um, with the clean slate, the clean slate is kind of our live mood board, you know. Um, it kind of can go anywhere at any point, you know what I mean. We run it with, uh, I call it loose structure. It's very structured, but at anything, something can shift. Um, so that's kind of like... The fun outlet, but the main outlet. So, you know, the duties for 1234 and TCS USA kind of uh, go hand in hand. Okay. I would definitely want to big you up with your collaboration that you had with West Charlotte High School. Oh, with, me, yeah. with me working in CMS, man, that mm -hmm. was big time That's for hard. sure. But then you just spoke on it as a designer. Mm -hmm. So my question is to you, who is on the top of your list as far as a collaborator in that design space? Mm. Well, in a perfect world, let me say, if you could collab with anybody. Mm. If I could collab with anybody, um, it's the first answer that come on my mind. I, I think I'd give you another answer if I sat and thought about this, but uh, I really like Kirby from Pierre Moss. Mm. Nice Good show. Real dope, man. Real pushing the black agenda, but he's really nice at what he does from a design standpoint. All right. Okay. Uh, to transition a little bit, uh, as far as the NBA, we peep Big Sean and the Pistons have a collaboration. He's doing mm -hmm. creative direction for them. Um, believe, of course, Drake is involved with the with the Raptors a lot. There's also another artist I can't remember that's involved right now with that. But um, I had to ask if the creative director position for the Hornets opened up and it was offered to you, would you take it? And I'm assuming you would. And if you did, how would you provide strategic guidance to them? 
Man, they need it. It's an interesting time too, especially <laughs> with uh I Mello. think you might have been talking about Daniel Arsham with yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you see like the Lakers doing born and raised collabs. So it's a beautiful time for stuff like that. I would definitely take that position with the Hornets. I think that's something that we talk about all the time. I don't I, just trying to stay I'll just say it. I hear that the Hornets organization is a little old school. Um, so I hear that it has a lot to do with stuff, but we talk about it all the time. We feel like the Hornets are very, very old school, and we feel like they need that boost. If it was some things I could do, man, I think the first things I would do was really redesign the uniforms. Even though they, they tried, I think they failed. They tried mm-hmm. to bring the pinstripe field back, and they did. But – you know, I, I just would have threw a little more of that old pizzazz on it. You yeah, know what I mean? On it. I take that. Uh, I love the old Hornets court. I bring that old Hornets yep. court mm-hmm. back. You know what I mean? It's just different things I would do creatively. You know, tap into that streetwear market with the with the team. You know, I, I see them trying to do little stuff. Like, you know, they did the stuff with Loon and Dreamville. That was cool. Right. They, they trying. But... Man, they really need somebody from the culture in there, you know? And I feel like that's what they lack. But, you know, it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So (laughs) I guess that's what they own. But, man, it would be so much I would change there. I feel like the Hornets need that. They need that culture. They don't got it. They need somebody from the youth in there really (sighs) tapping them in. So if the Hornets, if y'all ever listening, man, I'll yeah, definitely exactly. take that. I was about to say, Jack of all space nation. If you got some degree of separation from the Hornets organization, no, please, Hefe is ready to go. Yeah, they got a couple of cultural like reference points with the Hornets too. If you think about, obviously, like Zoe, Larry Johnson, Muggsy, yeah. that was the biggest thing. We got and coach. That's the thing. We yeah, got we it. We, we, we got it. Master P was here. You know, like, Master P was here. here. We, we got that. So you know that does need to be tapped into. I mm. think. Crazy. Got an interesting culture here with the Hornets, man. I, my my grandfather's always talking to me about like the older days of like when they first came and you know how that really affected the city. Like my grandpa was just telling me, we was just so happy to get an NBA team, a huge coliseum on Tavola, right? right. <laughs> West Tavola. Still, still don't understand why, why they, they took tore it that down. down. They had just built it relatively, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But I don't know, you know. It's money, I guess. But yeah, shout out to the Hornets, man. It's a lot of a lot of good history with them and I feel like it's a lot that could be done. Yeah. I'm interested to see what Daniel Arsham does with the cash. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Now you've been uh true to the streetwear game since day one. Mm-hmm. Uh what are your thoughts on hype beast and the whole hype beast culture? Hype beast culture. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends on it depends on uh, what version of myself you talking to? Because if you talking to the businessman in me, man, you know people don't make career. People feeding their families, mm-hmm. getting rich off this shit, driving Rolls Royce off the hype beast culture. You know you got your, your reseller markets, and crazy reselling stores, and you know it's like I said, the hype beast thing kind of goes hand in hand with what I said earlier. Like nothing's underground no more. From music to clothing, everything's accessible. Yeah, you know what I'm saying everything's on Instagram. It's not really it's not really no gray area no more. It's either black or white. Mm-hmm. And um I feel like that's hype beast culture. I understand it. Like I said, the the businessman in me, you know, understands it from a a, a money standpoint. Like I said, people done make career stores, millions off the hype beast culture. 
uh, if you if you ask like the side of me that loves to consume, like the consumer side of me, I hate it. Cause I can't get shoes that I want <laughs> right. now. You know what I mean? Got or, the can't beat the bots. <laughs> right. It was a little easier with uh when I was working at social status, but even even when you work there, if it's a shoe they know that everybody gonna want, they not even gonna give you the full access to it. So like mm. a off white sneaker, while people may think that we can just buy that shit, like nah. They won't just sell us that shit. So out of red tape. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, I, I I be liking a lot of the uh the hype sneakers, you know? I'm not really into none of the off white stuff. For the most part I'm old school. I wear a lot of the shoes that my brothers and them grew up wearing right. for real. But you know, I'm into some of that stuff. Like dunks. I can't even get a pair of dunks. No, you can't. The thing is gone. <laughs> and we've been wearing SBs and basic <laughs> yeah, ducks right. for years, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's just like little shit like that that I don't like. And watch well, to say you talking about the SBs, so rest in peace, uh, Black Sheep over there South. Well, you used to be in South End, then rest in peace, rest in Flavor peace, Factory. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. Mm. Now we've reached that time for the most popular segment of Jack of All Spades CLT. We call it Top Five Dead or Alive. Top Shout out Jada Kiss. So. When people think of streetwear, they don't automatically think of Charlotte. But like we said, it's plenty of culture here. So, Hefe, what are your top five Charlotte brands that people need to know about? Oh, shit. I, I don't <laughs> want to begin no lines. Oh. No, respectfully. Yeah, respectfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, I, if I forget you, I just wasn't thinking of you right now. I'm sorry. Um, uh, no TCS USA, of course. Five. Um man, fine britches, fine britches street commerce family. I love those guys. Shout out uh Danny, Clint, uh man, what's my boy name? I eight. Fine britches street commerce. And I'ma just put them as as one. I think fine britches is the actual brand. Street commerce is the store. Right. But I just put them all together as one family. Um so fine britches, Jay Reed. Um, he's nice. One of the most consistent in the city for sure. Very consistent. Um, mm, swear it's getting, (laughs) getting fishy. Uh, it's a brand called um, clientele by my homegirl Kayla. It's pretty dope. She got a dope brand, and she's a female doing it. She's like one of the only females I know personally that's doing it out of the city. But she makes some good shit. Uh, what's that? Three? Yeah, that's three. Mm-hmm. Two more. I thought I had this question answered in my head because when <laughs> I seen this question, I was like, "Man, this is the question that's gonna make everybody mad if I'm saying." <laughs> I just can't think of who else I had. Um, sheesh, I'm trying to see who else's stuff. Um, if we talking. No, <laughs> I, I, I know I'm forgetting somebody, and when I'm driving down Wilkinson, going to the crib, man, I'm gonna be like, "Damn, that's who I forgot." Uh, I'll say Good Karma. Okay. Um, I I don't actually. I think Paul Paul knows the guy behind Good Karma, but I don't know him personally. I just see his stuff everywhere. So mm-hmm. if we talking impact that, and um, let's see. 
I can't think of nobody else. Yeah, I feel like all brands have slowed down. You know, some brands have slowed down because of other things. But if we talk in impact, then I got to say these last two brands, too. Family Matters. Of course. Yeah. Um, and uh, my ENT niggas over at uh, What Your Trap Do. Because I can go anywhere and probably see somebody wearing some What Your Trap Do. Uh, but I can't think of nobody else, man. I Really, like I said, man, Fine Britches, Jay Reed. Fine Britches, Jay Reed, man. They killing shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put my money behind those two brands. Okay. They banging shit out the city, man. Fine Britches, Jay Reed, keeping it consistent, quality. Those two brands, man, like, I got to put emphasis on those guys, man. Like, they killing it. All right, you heard it first, but then... As we do, respectfully, we're not gonna forget about the clean slate. Oh yeah, for exactly. sure. Can't forget about the, I, I, I said I wasn't gonna yeah. put I wasn't gonna put the clean slate in there, but yeah, can't forget about the clean yeah, slate. That's friends. my favorite streetwear brand. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So, Hefe, shout out all the social media handles so people can find you. Oh man, so uh, my IG and Twitter handles are. Hefe Lockhart, J E F E L O C K H A R T. Not really that active on the Twitter no more. Um, very active on the Instagram story. And Paul gets on to me about that. I call him the content guy. You know, Paul posts, he, he might sure post like five things in one day or a million things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He'd be like, man, you need to post on your grid, man. Show the people how you live and man. Show what you're doing. I'd be like, man, that shit take too much time. I put up time. a post the other day, man. That shit took like 20, 30 minutes on my fucking day. I said, oh, man, see, this is why I don't do this shit. Paul will give you breakfast and 30 push-ups. And what, right. <laughs> 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 That's the content guy, man. He try to keep me uh up to tap on my on my IG. So you can follow me on there, Hefe Lockhart IG, uh T C S U S A on the IG. Um twelve thirty four agency. That's one two three four agency on IG. And you can find us there. And if you ever need our services, we are not that hard to we are not hard to reach at all. It ain't even that hard. We not hard to reach at all. We accessible. We might be anywhere in the, in, in, in the streets of Charlotte, you know what I'm saying, getting some food or doing this or doing that or, you know, you might see me up at Fat Boys, you know what I'm saying, yeah. if something go wrong with the whip, I'm definitely yeah. calling banks like, yo, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but yeah, man, that's where you can find me. I, I, I'm everywhere. All right, Jack, mm-hmm. Jack of all space nation, you've heard it, man. Tap in with that boy, man. Creativity at its finest. Check out the pages so you can see the work. I mean, the research team has done their job, and it's a lot of good stuff they got going on over there. But, you know, it's that time, man. We got to close this thing up. As always, I am the beloved one. Proud of Africa. Shout out Somalia. Yep. Banks, Blue Water Banks, Fatboy Tires. All right, y'all had the pleasure. Jeffrey Hefe Lockhart. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all having me again, man. Thank you. I oh, hope no. I ain't talk too much, man. Nah, we good. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of content for this one. <laughs> and then we could never forget the man, the myth, the legend behind the camera, Jay Marlowe. One time for him. But y'all know how this thing closes out, man. Rest in peace, Malik Taylor, aka Fife Dog. One time for a tribe. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram, and we out.